0: I'm your host, Abs. Joined by several members of our 3T family this morning, we got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto Gonzo, also known as Super G, is in the building, and a very special guest who's been joining us every single Tuesday, Jenna X is in the building, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm very excited for today's show. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Apple is changing their policy when it comes to onboarding crypto companies. After launching an Apple savings account last month, we discussed how crypto custody could soon be coming to your iPhone. Samsung and Ripple are working together using a third-party banking partner to enhance fiat payments as Ledger CEO responds to the criticism around their wallet yesterday, dispelling many false claims about their cold storage product. And with the FedNow payment system set to go live in less than 60 days, we break down the details, showing our community how Ripple and the Federal Reserve have been working together since 2015. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast... Our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we've got a ton of great news prepared for today, but before we get into it, how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here.
1: Abs, I'm feeling great, and the Fed may be working together with somebody else, but I'm happy we're all working together. It is a wonderful thing. Happy Tuesday to everybody, and good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs. I love you guys. Appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. We've got some great news today on Coach 2. So uh, just sending some love and prayers to him. Coach, for folks who don't know, got injured. So we're happy to hear that uh, things uh, he doesn't need surgery. So it's a great thing. So let's kick kick it
0: off. More good news, uh, even if it's not involved with crypto, Johnny. So shout out to Coach JV this morning. And Gonzo, I'm super excited for today's show. Not only are we going to be talking about Ripple and the Federal Reserve working together, Samsung is confirmed to be using Ripple in this new partnership as well. So a bunch of great news prepared for our listeners. How you feeling? And thanks for being here.
2: I'm feeling great man of course Johnny Steele's coaches thunder that he can't make the announcement that he's not going to need surgery right well not everyone watches GMC Oops, I didn't know was I, said, don't steal it. I don't want to steal the thunder, but Coach will have an update in case he wants to make a video. Oh shit, I he didn't know, know that. Yeah. yeah, Well, he made an emotional video this morning just saying what was going on. I missed. So it. you know, we got the message just on, on his way to the hospital, but like, it is what it is. But yeah, man, yesterday was a great day. You no, know, Gonzo, uh, we, let me just make
0: a quick announcement for anybody who's a Johnny Crypto fan. Get ready. This could be his last time on the live stream. So that being said, just kidding, Johnny. Yeah. I love the Uh,
2: we love you, Johnny man. That, that's Johnny, though, dude. That's what I love about Johnny. Uh, he has the excitement of a kid, dude, and, and, and that energy. And that's, I, you know, on bad days, that's what I draw on, on Johnny's energy. But yeah, man, yesterday was a great, uh, it was a great show. We shot another episode of Hablando Crypto. So that should be dropping, I think, today. Uh, and then Jackie and I had our Zoom call that I think went really well. So Mondays are going to be really packed for me because we're just doing a lot of different things. But it's going to be a great show today. It's super awesome to see Jenna. I haven't seen her since we were rolling down in Vegas on City Crypto. So what up to Jenna? But yeah, man, it's gonna be a
0: great show. Awesome. And Jenna, I'm only kidding. We would never get rid of our man, Johnny Crypto. As we like to say, he's one of a kind. But first of all, how are you feeling this morning? And are you excited about today's show?
3: I am feeling fabulous. And I am always excited. And good morning, Warriors, everyone joining us. I cannot wait for today's article. And also I get to emcee an event in DC. It's my first time doing that. So lots of awesome things today, guys. I cannot wait.
0: That's awesome. Really exciting. And good luck out there, Jen. I know you're going to do fantastic. With that being said, guys, we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. We are one follower away from 4200. So pretty exciting there. Go smash that follow button. Love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is in neutral this morning, Johnny Crypto. Sitting at a 50. When we look at some of the daily movers, shout out to Gonzo here for calling this within the Academy. Render is up nearly 13% on the day but the rest of the market, it's up about 3%. When we check out the total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.14 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 46% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 27,000. Ethereum, 1850. XRP is 46 cents. Cardano is 37. Polkadot is 530. Stellar is 8 cents. And let's check out Quant Network sitting at 103 this morning. in Gonzo, we've got a bunch of great stories to get into for today. But the thing I'd like to start with, is the news out of Ledger. Everyone's been talking about how Ledger may not be what it's marketed itself to be. And I'm going to start off with this video right here from their CEO updating their listeners yesterday.
4: 99% of the cases, you know, there is no collision that is really possible between the, the, the three entities. And, you know, the, the way that this is built, but we've released a lot of content. The way that this is built, like, you know, you can only, uh, you only the user can sort of call back the, the, the three shards. The only concern really is... If uh, if we get subpoenaed by uh, a government to say, now, you know, this user specifically, you know, we would like you to, you know, retrieve the three shards, etc. So, that's not a real concern in the end, because for several reasons. Um, one, you only get subpoenaed like this by governments if it's a serious act, like, you know, terrorism, drugs, etc., etc. Like, it's not true that the average person gets subpoenaed every day. Can I just interrupt that? Uh Coinbase,
0: Gonzo, I'm going to pause it there for just a second because he's about to talk about how Coinbase was subpoenaed by the SEC and was forced to turn over all customer information. But before we do that, guys, we got 195 live listeners already joining us. Thank you for being here. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Gonzo, you tell me your thoughts on Ledger because there's a lot we can get into. I'm interested what's on your mind. Yeah. You know,
2: I, I, look, everybody ha- at the end of the day, everybody has a choice, right? You can use their service. It's a paid service. It's like $9.99 a month. Or you can choose not to, right? Um, I don't think that they rolled this thing out the right way. I wouldn't have done it personally, but they did what they did. But I feel like, you know, people like to just latch on, whether it's the media or people or influencers or whatever, to latch on to certain things and then you kind of run with it. What he's talking about with the warrants, that's no different than like your bank account or anything else, right? So if you're getting your funds out of money laundering or drug dealing or some crazy thing, they can write warrants and they can come in and seize your assets. That's not something that's unique to Ledger or something nefarious that's happening. That's just how the government works, right? They could do the same thing in your bank accounts, right? And then as far as like the, the whole tax thing, again, I, I don't know anybody that joins crypto so they can avoid paying taxes or to do tax evasion, right? We always say, hey, make sure you do what's right. Learn how to diversify and maybe find some tax breaks. But you should pay your taxes because at the end of the day, there are two things that are always guaranteed. One, that you're going to die, and two, that the government's going to get their taxes, right? And I, I think that's what he's going to lead to as you Spot finish on. the video. The bottom line is you have a choice. If you don't want to use the service, diversify and use a Trezor, Decent, or a Hot Wallet, right? You don't have to use it anymore,
0: right? Thanks, Gonzo. And we're going to play the remainder of this clip and go to Johnny and Jenna. Here we go. Uh,
5: can I just interrupt that? Uh, Coinbase had all their customer data subpoenaed by the yes. I- uh,
4: IRS. John Doe. Yeah. yeah,
5: and so so they had to p- supply every customer was it over ten thousand dollars or twenty thousand? Twenty thousand. over a three month rolling period. And
1: they
4: gave all and the Coinbase coins. fought back because they wanted a few yeah, yeah, three thousand. But Coinbase is a bank. This is not a banking service okay so this is very different but but it's what i'm saying is the irs wanted that information if, if there is no wanted... information for the irs on this well they you do have Xbox, but you had them before too on um, ledger Live, right i mean there is no real information for the irs on this etc and by the way like you know again this
0: is so what he just said there johnny he didn't address the question he, he's going to move on here but he said you guys minted x punks on your platform that is hundred percent according to the SEC and unregistered security and that gives the IRS an excuse to audit them. So 20 more seconds I'm going to you.
4: there will be trade-offs in the future yeah. um, so like we're not saying that uh, you know if you're uncomfortable with this, you can keep your 24 words and you know keep doing what you're doing today this doesn't change anything okay? doesn't change anything, doesn't create a backdoor. We can come back on open source, no open source, okay. but in the end, like we're a good actor. Like we don't create backdoors in our users. And by the way, if we did, business goes south very quickly. Well,
0: they may not need to create a backdoor for the business to go south as many people are losing trust in this company very quickly, Johnny. What stuck out to you most about that clip? And let me ask you another thing. What does it mean to you that we're getting two separate sides of answers from Ledger? On one side, we're having inside leaks saying the government can get access to your funds. There's a backdoor. Then we have their CEO making public statements that unless they get subpoenaed, your information is being kept private. So what does it mean to you, my friend?
1: Well, this is their biggest problem with handling this whole debacle is they haven't been consistent. They had to pick one message and be very consistent with that message. And instead, they're all over the place. And believe it or not, that is what's creating the real news, the uh, the real confusion and the loss of business for them. If you remember when we had Brad on the show last week, he literally talked about that was the problem he can't get an answer out of them anymore because they're not being, they're not being clear and concise. And that, that to me, if they don't fix that quick, they own a big chunk of the market right now. In fact, when we did our research, like I said, up to 70% use a ledger. That's a lot of people. They have, they have dominated this space. And if they don't play it smart, they're going to lose a big chunk of it. Now, when it comes to like the reality of, you know, I talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. When it comes into the reality of just the security of any kind of software, they're all they all have the same vulnerabilities for the most part. In terms of the government being able to subpoena anything. Well, that could they could speed anything. That's just a it's just a wasteless argument. to sit here and saying, oh, they could do this like No, they can do whatever they want. And especially when they can blame it on taxes or anything. So that to me is just a complete waste of an argument. They just need to get their shit together and get back on track of what's their message And how are they going to prove that they're safe? Because the only thing people care about apps, you know what I keep getting messages from people. They want to know, is my ledger safe? That's the only question they keep asking. Yep. Oh,
0: sorry. I thought you had a follow-up there. My apologies, Johnny. And Jen, I'd love to kick it to you. I'm just going to read one quote from Warren Davidson, a United States uh, Congressman. He said, this is not self-custody. It's permissioned and conditional. There may be demand for an underlying product, but the principle of self-custody and permissionless peer-to-peer transactions, must be preserved and protected by law past the keep your coin safe act and that's a bill that he's referencing but jenna what stuck out to you most about that interview
3: um well okay coinbase like look at them all customer data can be turned over it's not just subpoenaing one two three people for trafficking all customer data like johnny said they can do whatever they want and you have to look at the other products that you know Ledger has offered. I believe they have on and off ramps. You can buy crypto there and everything. So they have to keep track of these things. So um, I've always liked Ledger, but now I'm looking at other things. Do I feel everything safe? Yeah, for right now until I move it to another place. But that's why looking at completely offline cold storage, one is in grave and everything is completely offline, coldest of cold, colder than Gensler's heart. So impossible. Oh, oh, no, it's that cold. But I mean, it's just one of those things you need to be aware and do not keep all of your eggs in one basket. But I do not believe that our information will be private with them in the future.
0: Gonzo, I think it's important that whenever we have these conversations to bring it in and just close it out with some positive mindset here. What are the solutions? And let's say Ledger, we don't trust it anymore in this hypothetical situation. What would you be doing to protect yourself instead of using their product?
2: Yeah. Just like what Jenna's saying, like, that sounds, I haven't heard of that device. So now I'm going to look into that. Right. And then like we've always been like in the Academy, I think it's me and Andrew that use a lot of the hot wallets. Right. Because, you know, at the end of the day, your, your digital assets are not in the device, right. People get confused. They're on the blockchain. It just holds your seed phrase. So as long as you're using good opsec, then you should be good. But like Jenna says, you should diversify so that if you get compromised in one area you still have all these other ones, right? And that's all part of your your security plan. It's what Johnny always says. It's whatever you need to do to sleep well at night, that's what you need to do. And and the great thing about our space is that there is no right or wrong answer, right? Just because I use a lot of hot wallets and not so much cold storage doesn't mean I'm right or wrong, right? It's whatever you do that makes you feel better and to sleep at night.
1: And you know, app, the thing about the, 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 the diversity that we're talking about is to diversify your portfolio in different places. That actually creates a tracking nightmare, right? We talked about this on the spaces. This is a big headache because like people liked having everything in one place. And that's why you know a ledger, I think, has dominated the space. And if people start to diversify, it's like, well, how do I track everything? And again, not for a sort of plug, but this is how you, you're gonna need something to track all that stuff and bring it back into one place. But the great thing about why Merlin can help you there is think about this. Now people can diversify and have everything split up to sleep better at night but still be able to see it all in one place. So it's a matter of just finding solutions that come together and, and can really um, make your life easier so you can manage all your stuff.
0: And for anybody who hasn't seen the Merlin product before, you're getting a sneak peek right now. We're showing you the markets update page. And obviously this is our beta version. We like to say, this is the worst version of our product. It's only getting better from here. That's what we like to say. And as you can see, it's already performing phenomenally. We've got some really unique aspects of this uh, application in particular. But Johnny, what I love most is how easy it is to track each one of your individual assets. And we're not going to talk about exit strategies, of course, because I'm not allowed to yet. But guys, we got 257 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And we're going to show you a very interesting video right now because Gary Gensler, he could be the most important man on the planet when it comes to crypto. Uh,
1: Person in the industry, is easy. But worldwide, I think the most influential person in the industry is the chair of the SEC. And and the entire, yeah, Gary Gensler, and the entire industry pretty much is waiting to see what Gensler will do. And Gensler is, is pretty much the one person who could provide a playbook, uh, a set of rules of the road that would cause this industry to move forward in an economically responsible, ethical fashion.
5: This guy is not a light guy.
0: He's (laughs) equal. I love that quote at the end. He goes, this guy's not a light guy. He's tough. That's for sure. And Johnny, let's just start off with you. Obviously, Gary Gensler is the most important. I don't want to spend too much time on this clip, but broad spectrum, do you trust Gary Gensler to pass, I guess, litigation that would allow crypto to thrive in the U.S.?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. He's very reliable. I totally count on him to do it. The reality is, on a serious note, I actually, you're gonna, you're not going to like my answer, but I actually do trust him if he was given the order by his boss to go ahead and do it. I think he would do it right because he has the knowledge and experience of this technology. He understands it well, and I think he could probably do a decent and good job. But we all know that he's been given the order to so Operation Choke Point, and he's doing that very well. So if he can do Operation Choke Point very well, I think he can do Operation Unchoke Unchoke Point 2.0 even better if he's given the order. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, just like Mentalik said, I I think he can follow orders well. And the orders just haven't
0: been given yet.
1: So I think time will tell on that one, apps.
0: Jenna. And if you didn't know, Gary Gensler does love this show and he's always in the live chat and we got 280 live listeners joining us. If you support or don't support Gary Gensler, do us a favor, smash that like button because he is watching right now. And I just want to ask you before we move on really quick, do you trust Gary Gensler to regulate this market correctly? Like Mentalect says here, he trusts Gary Gensler to follow orders.
3: He is a puppet. Hell no, we don't trust Gensler. On to the next question. <laughs>
0: Gonzo, I got to get a third. You know,
3: yeah,
2: well, it's funny. It just reminds me of so when my youngest Alyssa, when she was a teenager, right? And she would say, Dad, I can't believe you don't trust me. And I'd say, You know what, Alyssa? I trust you. I trust you 100% to act like a teenager, right? To make teenager mistakes and do teenager things. So I trust you 100%. There
0: we go. And Johnny Crypto, whether Gary Gensler is going to follow orders or not, one thing is for sure. Billion-dollar companies are moving into this market. And that's what our next article is on. As Apple's crypto policy softens, allowing step-in in-app digital asset trading. And this is huge because all we've seen is negative, pessimistic news from Apple when it comes to the cryptocurrency market. But here we have them not only adopting crypto, making it very easy for users to get involved in this market. And guys, we got 279 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And look at this latest update. I think it paints a much bigger picture about what's happening in the U.S. Step-in users will be able to buy, sell, and trade the game's NFT stickers without having to leave the application. Their inside executives are saying this is the biggest thing happening in crypto, and not many people know about it yet. Last week, a once widely popular Web3 gaming, axi Infinity, announced it will be available for downloading on the Apple Store, signaling that perhaps the powerful tech giant is warming up to the idea of allowing blockchain-based mobile gaming to operate on its iPhone. The Australian-based company said users will now be able to buy and sell step digital assets without being forced to exit the app and use an external marketplace. Stepin has also announced a new integration, which will allow users to purchase digital assets while using a debit or credit card linked to Apple Pay. And there were some negative narratives about Apple when it came to digital applications, Johnny, because they originally they were going to implement a 30% tax policy on anyone launching crypto apps on their platform, I'm going to kick it to you. And then Jenna, how do you feel about this news? And then I'm going to bring a follow-up article showing how a billion dollars is ready to enter this market.
1: You know, it's funny because Jackie sent us this article yesterday. And uh, I kind of feel like, to be honest with you, abs on this one, I kind of feel like this just maybe incentivizes the whole issue or concern of, uh, uh, my background is falling apart over here. So give me a second. But um, I kind of feel like it could be an issue in terms of, do we end up getting a scenario where is this a Ponzi scheme and does it kind of roll up into being a bigger issue now that it kind of legitimizes it, or is it really true? I mean, it really depends on on the income coming in behind this project. So we'll have to see how it rolls. But the fact that it got Apple Pay's blessing could mean that maybe there is some legitimacy to the program.
0: Gonzo, we're going to talk about a much larger narrative here as Apple is making it very easy to onboard customers into the cryptocurrency market. And this article was released earlier this month people put nearly $1 billion into Apple savings accounts in the first four days they open their product. I'm going to read this brief headline here and then kick it back to you. Apple CEO thinks Tim Cook's tenure has seen the company develop deeper and deeper ties into fintech with Apple Pay and a new Apple Pay savings account. On Monday, a report from Forbes claimed that depositors closed $1 billion in just four days after Apple introduced its new Goldman Sachs-backed Apple Card savings account. While the company had previously seen success with its mobile payments platform, the new savings account is already doing gangbusters. After, I can't read that, a large tech company launched its new high yield savings account last month. The company saw nearly 900 million in deposits in less than one week. During that time, there was nearly a quarter million bank accounts that signed up for the service and new savings accounts could not deposit more than 250 grand. So Gonzo, what I really think is happening here is They're they're allowing users to onboard into their Apple savings account. And then when they're ready to integrate payment services into crypto, it's going to be a one-step process. Very, very simple. What do you think is happening?
2: Yeah. So if you look, on June 5th is their dev conference, right? And we believe that what's going to happen is they're going to make that big announcement on their augmented reality device. And so now when you tie these things and connect the dots, where now they're allowing StepIn, they're allowing Axie, where they used to have a 30% kind of fee, uh, when in, in, on the individual NFT transactions, and now that's being modified, I think it's because these guys are getting into the metaverse space. They're calling it augmented reality, right? They're going to need these different platforms, these different blockchains to be on their device, right? So if it's on the in the Apple Store, it's going to be available on the device. You also have Bulk and Forge, right? They have their Elysium blockchain, and there's a lot of rumors. Uh, Vulcan Forge is saying that they have an announcement, a huge announcement that's coming around the time of the Dev conference, and so there are some connection points there that Vulcan Forge and their metaverse and what they're building is going to be available on the augmented reality. So I think these guys are finally kind of dipping their toes. It's one of those things where it's you know uh, what's the saying where uh, it happens slowly until and then it, all of a sudden it happens all at once, and I think we're we're just we're seeing that play out. You're going to see a run in the meta projects, right? That's why I gave people. Render, they have a partnership with Apple. This is just like a few years ago when Meta or Facebook changed their name to Meta, anything connected to Metaverse ran, right? I think once this device and they make the announcement, you're going to see these projects just run. Kind of like the AI narrative, we're going to see the Metaverse narrative. Render is just the kind of like the beginning part of it, but you're going to see Sand, Mana, Wilder Worlds, Gala, you know, uh, Miria, all of those different, Um, like kind of gaming metaverse tokens are going to run on on the news of what Apple's doing.
0: Jenna, I'd love to get some thoughts from you as well. Apple believes this new technology and this simple integration could help bring the next hundred million users into Web3. And we want to talk about their policy, right? If they're willing to do this for Stepin, they're obviously willing to do this for other legit companies. So do you think this is the beginning of a much larger movement?
3: Oh my gosh, absolutely abs. And this is a big step, no pun intended guys, but I think somebody at Apple is a stepping whale, but you know, Apple sees the value in this and where we're going with web three. And of course they want to profit and make that money, right? They want to stay in the lead. They're a giant, they are a tech giant. And with your other article, you know, about the savings account It just shows you how much people trust Apple and their security. They trust them more than regular banks. It simplifies the process. That's what it's about, simplicity. Think about how many people are using Apple Pay and on the go. We want simplicity. Calling a bank to make a transfer is so annoying. It's not what we want in today's world. We want everything like that.
0: Exactly. And Johnny, I'd love to give you a chance to just close it out here. When we talked about uh, Apple onboarding new payment networks, Nearly quarter million people signed up for new accounts to use their service. What do you think is really going on here? It's just the beginning of a much larger movement.
1: Well, there's no question about it, Abs, that there's definitely uh, a, a huge Apple following and they believe in it. And this is just, again,
0: people are looking
1: for convenience and simplicity on how to pay. I mean, that's just what the life is about. and it, And I think that's what it brings to the table. And so, no, I'm not surprised. You're going to see more and more of it. And then once that comes in place, then... The the behind-the-scenes stuff of how that works, which all becomes blockchain technology somewhere down the road, is where the whole piece of Web 3.0 comes in. And that's why investing in the rails makes the most sense because that's where, you know, at the end of the day, how, you know, many, many new companies will be forged, made, and built
0: and where generational wealth will come from. So it's just the beginning of it all, Abs. And now we're going to talk about XRP for a long time within this episode, guys. And we're going to start off with this very interesting clip from Coin Bureau releasing how there could be a different conspiracy going on. It may not be as simple as the government giving a free pass to Ethereum, and that's what this clip elaborates on. So we're going to play this short clip and go back to the group here. Here we go.
5: Some also believe that the SEC was in cahoots with Ethereum's biggest backers to protect ETH and attack its biggest competitors, which includes XRP. However, I don't believe this conspiracy is true. This is because there's an even bigger conspiracy that's been brought to light since the start of the year. In case you haven't noticed, U.S. regulators have been cracking down on crypto companies and projects that compete with the Fed's upcoming FedNow payment system, basically a CBDC prototype. If you've watched any of our recent videos about the ongoing crypto crackdown, you'll know that U.S. regulators are targeting banks with 24-7 payment networks. You'll also know that US regulators are currently scrutinizing stablecoin issuers. Now, this makes sense, considering stablecoins are digital dollars. And now consider this. The biggest competitor to stablecoins was, or rather is, XRP. This was mentioned by Avalanche founder Emin Gunsira, and I'll never forget it. I'll also never forget the zero-fee international transaction feature introduced by Coinbase in 2019, which leveraged, you guessed it, XRP and USDC. Put simply, it appears that XRP was seen as the primary competitor to the payment systems being set up by central banks around the world. It was also seen as the primary competitor to stablecoins, some of whom have been explicit about their intentions to become CVDCs. This could be why XRP was targeted.
0: Open floor there, Johnny. What stuck out most to you? I
1: mean, that, that's no surprise there. I mean, that's what we've been saying for a while here now is there's a reason why, you know, there was a partnership going on with a certain company. And then all of a sudden... They end up moving one direction and then the XRP gets sued. I mean, there's no surprise. There obviously was something happening here that was a threat. And now the threat has been, you know, being hung up in court for two years now. How has it been about two two years? So the question is, you know, are they going to find a way to work together? Or is it, you know, just tie them up, hold them up there until the other system is placed. And then this thing just, you know fabbles around and maybe finds itself a place to work somewhere in the rest of the world. That's ultimately, you know, I guess what we're going to have to wait and see is how far, um, how much penetration can ripple and XRP get in the rest of the world to the point where it has to be used. Right. Or maybe it doesn't. That's, that's the battle that's happening here today. And now, uh, you know, we'll have to see where it goes.
0: Jen, I'm going to kick it to
1: you.
3: This is so conflicting, I think, because like, if ripple is helping to build this out, they definitely don't want you to know that I mean, it's really hard to find any concrete evidence out there of that. But whenever you look to see who is behind it and helping. So it just kind of makes you think is this all a show, which we've been saying for a while now. So it's just really odd to watch it all, you know, unfold and everything. Um, Or is it like, hey, we're gonna have you help us and then we're gonna turn our backs on you. So I don't think necessarily that that is the case i think that this is just all a show
0: and here's a little evidence for both sides of your argument there ripple labs representatives joins the federal reserve's faster payments task force and this is an article from june of 2015 why is that relevant guys because ripple stands out for its speed and transparency according to the federal reserve the task force received 22 proposals 16 of which included the process including ripple Ripple put forth the interledger-based solution that enables improved messaging and tracking for real-time payments, standing out as the only proposal focused on solving today's friction with cross-border payments. So there's your answer right there, guys. Are they working together? Is it a, is it a fake lawsuit? Is it a fake um, narrative being led right now that Ripple's being taken down while Ethereum's being given a free pass? I think it's different. I think what could be happening here is they're secretly utilizing a lot of Ripple's products. And at the end of the day, the average retail investor should not be allowed to be involved because we don't produce anything for the product. We're just profiting off of their work. Gonzo, what do you think? Yeah. You
2: know uh, that, that resonates with me more than anything else. I've always, that's always been in the back of my mind when, when people bring that up, because, you know, if you think in, in the, uh, in the context of time, and where this thing started from, right? We, we always look at, it at the lens of what now, what Ethereum became, what it's doing now. But when you go back to its inception point, right, and where XRP was and where Ethereum was, they weren't competitors. One's a payment system, the other one is a layer one blockchain that you build things on, right? I never really saw that competition part, but this seems more viable. And like you said, the question is, it, is it all, and we all think it's a show, is it a show to delay so that Fed now could be ready and then they could roll it out or is Fed now the direct competition to Ripple, right? Uh, and, that, and that's what I think history is gonna play out. Um, you know, I think it's it, it's what you're saying, Abs. It seems that like there's some kind of partnership there and it was a stall tactic to get this thing all ready and get it to roll out. But you know, the, the good thing about it is that it's gonna play out and we're gonna know when we look back on it, just like we look back on what happened with EK and everything else in another 10, 15 years when all this gets settled and we get regulation, we'll be able to kind of look back on it and people will be able to find the evidence to show which what, what really happened.
0: Johnny, and check out this rec- letter of recommendation that Ripple received when they uh, offered to be involved in the Federal Reserve's pilot program. This person recommended that Ripple partners, that the Federal Reserve partner with Ripple to replace SWIFT and the ACH infrastructure with RippleNet. The reason that they uh, made this recommendation is the XRP ledger has operated flawlessly with over 42 million ledgers closed without any failed transactions. The atomic transactions ensure a 100% reliability where Swift has a 5% failure rate, which is huge. If you're doing a trillion payments, that is 50 billion failed payments within their infrastructure. So I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Abs, who did this, uh, does it say who this recommendation
1: came from? Do we know He's or got we it. don't? Okay. Gotta call me out, huh? No, I well, I'm not, I wasn't kidding. I'm kidding. Calling, I'm kidding. <laughs> I wasn't calling you out. I mean, it's significant. The most significant part of this article is who wrote it, <laughs> to be honest with you, or who made this recommendation. That's why I I asked. Here's because- what we do know:
0: we know this is from somebody who has the authority to write letters of recommendation to the Federal Reserve. How about that?
1: Yeah. So I mean, I guess you know, from that perspective, it's very very encouraging. However. When you look at this article, look at who they're setting up to now become your biggest enemy, right? Swift and the ECH infrastructure. Now, that's a big player that's already in the game that's sitting on a shit ton of money and power that's about to be lost. And nobody ever gives up their power without or their, their position without a fight. And so you know Swift is going to fight this thing and, and everybody involved in that system. And that's a very big uh, there's a lot of players in that system because it's been running for the past 70, 80 years, whatever it is. So no surprise there. And um, so for me, abs, I think it's one of those things where you clearly see there's a system in place. the part that doesn't make sense. Think about this. So I think Gonzo was touching base. So it may be ripple or X up here, maybe another system that's in place. If ripple system, isn't the one, um, you know, or the, the we one though we're all saying that oh, maybe they are working with them right behind the scenes and they're suing them, or maybe they aren't. There's another system. Well, then why aren't they suing the other system? So, something's not adding up here. I guess we'll have to wait to find out what exactly is going on. I think we all know in our heads the utility for XRP to be able to replace the system is great. And the fact that they say it could be zero, you think? Do you think the banks want to hear the Abs, tell tell the people, remind everybody how many millions actually, sorry, it might be billions. Of dollars, do these companies make in fees? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. On cross-border transactional payments, I think we had showed a number a while back. that was somewhere in the order of, of forty five. billion billion made in transactional fees. You think the banks want to lose those cross-border payments? No, hell no, they don't. So to me, it, it's just one of those things where I really think they have to find a way to – they're either going to – Use this system and they're going to find a way to profit off it or they're going to go with a completely different system because
0: they don't have the right partnerships. Only time is going to tell, my friend. Johnny, quick follow-up question for you. The FedNow service is set to go live. The rumors are as early as June 1st, but what we've heard is July of 2023. So let me ask you this. Do you expect any involvement between Ripple and the FedNow system? Is there any integration between these two payment networks?
1: I don't think so. When you talk and you listen to what they say, how the FedNow system is going to work, it's not going to be um, – very, it's not going to be really blockchain based, so I don't think so. Not in this particular one. Now, when we get to the CBDC, that's completely different. Um, but in this particular version, I think they're trying. This is like I think the test of the pretest. They're trying to figure out will people adopt a system like this, right? And this puts people in direct connection to the right now. For anybody to get their money, it goes from from the central bank to the intermediary bank to people. What this kind of system does is kind of removes the middle layer there. And that's, I think, what, what the first test we're seeing and how that's going to work. And then the next upgrade from that will be, I think, the CBDC. And I think that's where then apps, you may see an integration of one of these blockchains. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And, guys, we got 309 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And look at this latest article because I want to discuss the him in emails, Jenna. Earlier this week, the SEC found out that they were going to be forced to reveal the Hinman emails to the general public, and John Deaton doubled down on that claim that said regardless of if Ripple settles, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, and we are going to see these emails. Well, new revelations are coming out, and this is one from Mr. Huber that I saw on Twitter. It said the SEC did not object that XRP is not a security, and Hinman didn't give the speech the SEC wanted to give. This likely means that he should have included XRP in his Ethereum free pass speech. And there's been a lot of rumors throughout this week. So I just want to hear open floor. What sticks out to you most about these hidden emails? And are you anticipating any big news in the coming weeks?
3: Well, first of all, I don't think um, it's going to be a settlement. Abs, I'm pretty sure that Brad Garlinghouse said that he's waiting on an actual ruling by the judge. And he said anytime, two to six months. So I believe that anything within two to six months, he said that last. So it could be one to five now at this point. Um, But no, I. Anything comes out, we already know that they're a bunch of rat snake weasels and everything like that. I think we've already been seeing this narrative play out and everything, but I just can't wait to see them and I hope that we really do. I think that we will see them.
0: Gonzo, although we are going to see the emails, a lot of people wonder who's going to be held accountable. Let's say there's some corruption here. Let's say there's undisputable corruption from William Himman and Jay Clayton. Is it going to be another situation where they sit in front of Congress and they answer questions and they look like an idiot, but then life goes on? Or is there actually going to be accountability here? for former SEC commissioners?
2: Um, You know, I, I don't think so because there has to be a criminal statute that he's violating, right? Some type of fraud. So let's say the emails come out. And in the emails, in the original speech, he was supposed to say, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and XRP were a commodity, right? And he decided to edit out XRP and he took it out at the last minute. What crime has he committed, right? He gave clarity on two assets, and he left the other one out. Later on, another commissioner, Jay Clayton, ends up suing Ripple, right? So it's a matter of can you prove that he actually committed a crime? So I'm going to lean on no. Um, and you know, we used to think that like those emails were going to show uh, some kind of like definition that we could relate to XRP. But like with when you hear what John Deaton said, and then you kind of add, who knows? Maybe it is something that crazy, right? where there was a a very specific clarity that had to do with XRP. um, And then he took it out, right? So I I think the emails are going to get out and we're just going to have to wait to see. But whatever it is, you know, Brad Gollinghaus has already said that we're going to be disgusted at the corruption with the SEC. And so we just got to wait and see. But as far as finding him criminally liable for something, I doubt it. You know, they'd have to find a specific crime for him to violate And sometimes that's tough to do because you could just say, well, I decided to just take that one out because,
0: you know, we didn't
2: have a lot of clarity.
0: So, again, a situation where even if the corruption is found, we're not sure how people are going to be held accountable. But we got 319 listeners, and I'm sure many of them are going to be excited about this next article. As Samsung is working with a ripple partner for on international payments. And the best part about this article It's in the United States. So even though the SEC is suing Ripple, a third party is now using their product to bring instant payments to the U.S. Samsung Pay now has an international remittance feature utilizing a platform owned by Finabler, a London-listed Ripple partner. Branded as money Transfer. the service is currently available only in the United States with the exception of Oklahoma, and it'll be rolled out in other countries next year. Finabler said the collaboration with Samsung Electronics America involves a new in-app feature that allows for remittance funds to foreign recipients and what's so great about this johnny is eventually 47 countries are going to be open here australia britain canada germany japan mexico philippines and several others are not only coming to samsung's mobile device they're coming into the odl system it seems like they're using a third-party finabler here what sticks out to you most about this news
1: well, what really sucks out is you see the networks being built. You see the systems. You see you see now what's happening here, right? You got Apple Pay spreading out, Samsung. <laughs> you, you basically have all of these. Um, everything's going to be tied into this kind of global network, if you will, of all these different uh, instant payment systems and processing. Something's got to run those in the background apps. And we know that the systems that run it today... Um, basically, um, they, they aren't efficient. Like we know they work, but when you listen to Elon Musk talk about payment systems today, abs, there's a huge amount of, uh, what's the word, um, opportunity to be able to fix those systems. They're not like when I send you money on cash app or Venmo or PayPal, it doesn't settle instantly. It doesn't work that way. There's still time which means there's inefficiencies, there are costs and things like that where the blockchain, like an XRP type of solution is going to fix that. And to me, I kind of look at it and say, well, okay, we got all these different payment systems and you got the perfect solution out there. And I hate to beat the the, the, the horse on, on Ripple here or XRP, but they really have a great solution to be able to solve this. And why it hasn't been adopted worldwide and globally, to me, is just mind boggling, but nonetheless, we'll have to wait to see how it works. But you are seeing all the pieces move in place And that gives me confidence that someday somebody's going to look at and go, oh, yeah, you know what, XRP or XLM, these really get the job done. And at the end of the day, companies are all about bottom line, making more money. And and those two companies or technologies are going to allow them the ability to do that. And that's why I'm confident that whether XRP makes it into the banking system or not.
0: One way or the other, I think we're going to see it there, Abs. And Jenna, money transfers aren't only coming to Apple. They are coming to Samsung at the exact same time. So it's like Johnny Crypto said, no such thing as a coincidence, just an unrecognized pattern. And the money transfer is the first setup in their vision to evolve Samsung Pay into a platform that makes financial lives more convenient. So like they're saying here, moving into the banking sector, how do you feel about Ripple's connections to Samsung in this article?
3: Well, okay. Like, like Johnny said, these are pieces of a puzzle. There is no actual partnership between Samsung and Ripple right now, but this third party, this definitely looks good. Um, Like Samsung is positioning itself to stay ahead of the curve and remain relevant in such a rapidly evolving tech landscape. Um, so you have Finabler that is a global payments and foreign exchange company, and you have Samsung that is a well known consumer tech company. And this partnership, I mean, it could potentially result in improved, you know, payments, improved financial services, explore new innovations and in, in fintech. So absolutely awesome to see. Um, and we want to keep watching things evolve like this. Bullish for crypto.
0: I want to get some closing remarks from you as well. 47 countries are going to be added to this network. And although it's not confirmed, they're using Ripple's product to see Ripple in here. You can make the leap that they're going to use the ODL system. If they decide to go that route, what sticks out to you most about these connections?
2: Everybody said it's, you know, we're connecting the dots and, and I think it bodes well for Ripple, but more than anything, it's like the technology and the evolution of the technology, right? We all have phones. And so now just imagine being able to do remittance pains or send money, you know, that's maybe in your account in us dollars and send it to Mexico and it's going to automatically convert. Right. And you can do that all from your Samsung phone because you know what they're starting trying to set it up as is, uh, using Samsung pay and you could use your debit or credit card. Right. So it's just, uh, this is what coach JV talks about. It's, it talks about like the evolution of money and the speed of money, right. Money's going to move at, at the speed of light. Right, And so when you see these kinds of story, um, it just verifies what we've all been talking about, the evolution of money and where we're going. Right, It's just a matter of which blockchains, which platforms, which protocols, but it's going to happen.
0: Coinbase agrees with you, Gonzo, as Coinbase is now rolling out a campaign, Moving America Forward, a national campaign for crypto. And we're going to show our listeners the first commercial that was released yesterday because I think it's pretty interesting. Let's see, how do, you, how
5: do I start this? I'll just do it and tell you when to stop.
4: Three, two, one.
5: The naive view of crypto is that this is some speculative asset that people are trading and they're gonna lose their shirts. That's missing the forest through the trees. Fundamentally, crypto is not a financial product. It's, It's a technology that can update all kinds of financial products. It can improve settlement times. It can make it cheaper to send money to your family overseas in another country. It can be a new way for artists to get paid. Cryptocurrency, regardless of what you think about it, it's not going anywhere can't be uninvented. Most of the world is embracing this technology now
0: to update their financial system. And what I fear is that we're gonna be sitting here in five or 10 years, and we're gonna come back to crypto and think about it like we did with 5G or semiconductors, and say, wow, now it's a matter of national security that we get it brought back on shore. We need
5: to see what the potential of it is and where it goes, and we need to do that. We need a clear rule book in the United States.
0: Johnny Crypto, there was a bunch of gems within that, within that statement there. But what stuck out to me most is that in five or six years, the US is going to be forced to come back and address this issue if we don't get ahead of the ball now. So tell me, what do you think about Brian Armstrong? He went from rat snake weasel to ripple supporter, back to rat snake weasel. Now he's coming back to the good end. So a flip-flopper, what's it mean to you? First of all, kudos to him. Nailed it perfectly. He literally
1: nailed it perfectly. I just think he, it should have been somebody like Jenna given that and not him. I think that would have made the commercial much more, especially, especially because 80% of people in crypto are men. But the reality is the message, the words he said were 100% spot on. And what's really happening here, if you look behind us, if you really kind of dig deep into what's going on here, this is a shot. I mean, this is a shot at the SEC. <laughs> and it literally, I mean, it literally just called out the SEC on TV, dude. In a 30-second ad. And I hope that's going to be on TV. I don't know where we're going to see those ads. But I thought it was a really good ad. I thought it was well said. It's a great campaign. And, by the way, I've been saying this for a while. Coinbase, Ripple, and Binance need to lead this battle. They are one of the they are three of the biggest players. And Kraken should get into this, too. But they're they like they just hide in the corner and they don't even get involved. Enough. They just pay the fine and go away. But we really need some of these big companies to come together and fight this kind of battle. They all should be coming out. And calling out and saying exactly what he said. What did he say at the end of the commercial? Remember what it said? He said we need regulate. we need we need America, we need America to come put regulation around it. And they all need to be calling them out to come and do it because that is really the we all know it. You heard Michael Siller say it too. The SEC is the one thing holding everything back. And Kevin O'Leary came out and said it. There's tons of money sitting on the sideline right now, Abs, that wants to come into this space. And the SEC is the key to unlocking
0: it. And again, it ain't going to happen until the orders come from the top. Great point. It does remind me that Michael Saylor video that said when Gary Gensler gives the green light, that's when this industry moved forward within the U.S. And we got 311 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Jen, I'm kicking it to you right here as this is the first of four crypto commercials that are going to be rolled out. And Johnny said, where can you find these commercials? One of them will be debuting at the Super Bowl or sorry, at the NBA Finals in the coming weeks. So that's some pretty exciting news there as well. What stuck out to you most about this crypto campaign?
3: That you cannot uninvent crypto. He is not wrong. You can't just act like it didn't happen and we don't want to be waiting on the sidelines whenever, you know, there everything else is growing and evolving. So whether you like or don't like Brian Armstrong and Coinbase, we need these big giant leaders in the space to be pushing us forward and leading because they have to be our voices.
0: Spot on. And Johnny, she seems to agree with you. Coinbase, Binance, and other crypto exchanges coming together is what can save the retail investor from these regulatory nice. agencies. And Johnny, this is what everyone knows is going ha- going on in the background. As Ripple is doubling down on central bank digital currency adoption going forward, Ripple is targeting a $213 billion market that is currently less than $100 million. So Gonzo, the reason that Coinbase is so, I guess, supported in running these crypto campaigns Is because the Federal Reserve and the the government agencies, crypto adoption is happening. There's nothing they can do to stop it. They're just trying to keep the retail investor on the sidelines. So what stuck out to you?
2: Yeah, you know, it's about time that somebody started to tell a opposite narrative to what we've been hearing, right? And uh, like Jenna said, regardless of what you think about Brian Armstrong or Coinbase, this is like what we tell people about Ripple, regardless of whether you like Ripple or XRP, you want them to beat the SEC because there's a bigger vision. And the same thing with Coinbase, why we need to support them is because they're pushing out this, this message, right? This narrative or the counter narrative to like the, uh, you know, Congressman Warren, uh, you know, with her anti-crypto army or whatever she has. And so we need more of this, right? We've been talking about this where you need these lobbyist groups to start going to Washington and talking positively about crypto. It's the same thing that the gun lobbyists did, right? And that the tobacco lobbyists did back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. You, we've seen how that's kind of played out in the state of California, but you, you could see at some point they were very powerful, right? Same thing with the gun lobbyists. They are very, very powerful, the NRA. And so we need that for crypto. Um, and so I, I, it's a stepping stone and, and, and I'm glad
0: to see it. John, I'd like to get some thoughts from you as well, but I think people should actually understand what is XRP's use case here when it comes to CBDCs and why is that so good for XRP investors? XRP is the liquidity between central bank digital currency products. If the US launches a CBDC and they need to transfer that into euros, a digital euro, let's say, they're going to use something like XRP to make that conversion. And that's why this is so exciting. So I know we broke this down a little bit last week, Johnny, but it's the reason that this headline in particular was so misleading. Ripple's new CBDC play has no direct need for XRP, but XRP is the best solution for the bridge liquidity issue, so I don't think it's I don't think it's unfair to make that leap. Jen, i'd love for you to close us out here
3: i mean it's one of those things like you have to think about it like with xrp with the xrpl they're going to build the cbdc's on private ledgers and yes you don't have the need for xrp but can it be used yeah absolutely of course it can and it probably will be later introduced and everything like that and they have the rails but then when you look at xlm it does more transactions than any other blockchain every single day but is that affecting the price no so there's a lot of speculation either way. I mean, a ton of money would need to come in institutional, but you figure that money's coming in and out, in and out. Is it enough to affect the price? I don't know.
1: Hey, Abs, Um, you know, I just got to address this real quick. Is there a, a band called the Rat Snake Weasel Band? Yes, there is. They are. They We call this a corruption band out there. But I really want to address this because I think this is important. You know, like you talked about that XRP article and people bashed her, but the reality is she was just stating a fact. She just chose to go about it in a negative way. And this is also a fact that we learned through our Merlin research. 80% of men are in crypto. 20% of that is women. And people are like, oh, that's a bad. No, that's actually very high. Women typically don't adopt technology. So to see 20% in the crypto space is actually very encouraging. So it's actually a good news, not a bad news. And I just want to
0: spin it the right way because I don't want that to be spun the wrong way. Absolutely, Johnny. And let's close this out with a little bit of a... I don't Want to say fun article, but let's say non-directly crypto-related article. As this week, fun. reported, it's, it's been reported that dozens of senators are being issued taxpayer-funded satellite phones in preparation for a disruptive event. It's not Conspiracy Friday, guys, but we love conspiracies here. So, Johnny, start us off. What are you thinking about this article? Oh, geez,
1: you know that's <laughs> going to get me in trouble over here. I, you know, that's a very that's interesting. If there's any truth behind it, right? You you got to ask. Like like Gusco always says, at the end of the day. The question is more important than the answer. So, the question is, why are they all getting satellite phones? Obviously, something, if if it's true.
4: No, it's
2: dramatic. It's about the debt ceiling. It's because they didn't resolve it. Like they worked till 11 o'clock at night and they all have to be accessible. They're just playing it all up. We all know at the end of the day, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. They're just trying to see, each side is trying to see what they're going to get out of the other side. And so, they're making it all dramatic with sat phones and so they can recall them or they can talk on the phone. But at the end of the day, or, hey, do you really think right or, is he gonna allow us to not pay our bills he's gonna be known as the first president to let us go like uh uh default on our bills no dude. at the end of the day he's gonna give in to whatever they want or they're gonna they're, they're gonna work it out
1: all uh, right let me ask you this hold on hold on no, no, no something's not adding up here so we've had this 87 times and 87 times we've approved it and we've never needed satellite phones before to do that now we need satellite phones no I would say there's something else here. They're adding this-
2: extra to it. They're just being more and more dramatic. What's I- happening is because here's what's happening. More and more people understand that it's bullshit and that it's drama. So they have to they have to 10x it, right? Because everyone is talking like us saying they're gonna raise it. So they have to make it a little bit more dramatic, a little bit more ooh, crazy. And so they have to add more to it. That's just my opinion.
1: I- I- I'm not disagreeing with you that they're not gonna pump that up. I just think that there's a different narrative of why they're giving them those phones for a different reason. And something tells me they won't be giving those those phones back too soon. I'll leave it there, Abs.
0: Are you sure about that? Are you sure you want to leave it there?
1: I'm going to leave it right there and let people think about that for a (laughs)
0: minute. All right, guys. And I want to close it out with a really cool article today. We're going to talk about a tale of two countries. As two years ago, El Salvador chose to invest in Bitcoin and go into a more decentralized financial environment While Argentina chose to listen to the IMF, and this is a story only 24 months later, El Salvador that chose Bitcoin has only dealt with 7% inflation and their presidential approval rating is about 90%. When you look at Argentina, 109% inflation in only two years, and their president approval rating is only 25%, which means 75% of the country is not happy. So uh, Jenna, I'd love to just start with you. What do you think? Investing in Bitcoin, good for political figures?
3: Wow. Yes, of course. It's great for political figures. I mean, you have like Libra land that wants to be based on Bitcoin and everything have no taxes, you know, for people. I think it is huge. People want it. The people are speaking. I would be interested to know what our stats are against like El Salvador. That would be so interesting. The real
0: question is what agency could we trust to get those stats for us without bias? That's the real question. That, that, that <laughs> is the real question, Andrew.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> You're right. But I mean, I'm telling you, look at those numbers. I mean, that's there, you know, if, if those numbers are real, it goes to show you why, you know, at the end of the day, people are bashing on, on Sailor, right? And bashing on El Salvador. I really think those guys are going to end up getting the last laugh, but, you know, only time is going to tell.
0: Gone. so give me a closing remark here, and then I'm going to get a last laugh in as we have a video of Gary Gensler explaining how most of crypto is not a security.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I remember correctly, wasn't it the IMF that at the beginning was telling El Salvador that um, they were wrong for what they were doing by Bitcoin? And so look how that played out, you know, all the super hyperinflation that Argentina has. And El Salvador is doing very well. They've turned that country around. That president, just besides the Bitcoin done, has a lot of, has done a lot for the crime and the gang thing, because they had MS-13, and, and it's becoming a, a very, very different country.
0: That's interesting, Gonzo. And we're going to show our listeners an interesting video here, too. We've got Gary Gensler describing the crypto market before he was the chairman of the SEC.
4: And
5: I would note, in terms of market value, probably three quarters of this space has already been determined by the Securities and Exchange Commission not to be a security. Bitcoin's 54%. Ether's about, I don't know, 15 points or something like that. So you're all of a sudden up to about 70 points, and then there's a bunch of other things that add up. So about three quarters of the market value right now is what one might call a cash co- or a commodity, but not a security in this world. So,
0: so I would- the difference between a commodity and a security is one fundamental thing, if something doesn't have an issuer. Let's say people like to use oranges as example. Those are naturally occurring. Silver is a commodity. Any corn could be a commodity. Anything that doesn't have private issuance. So if I created a good or service, let's say I created an independent coffee cup, that's obviously not a commodity. I created it. It's not naturally occurring. So what the big argument is within the Ripple XRP case, and I think the reason we should play this Gary Gensler clip is is the debate about whether XRP is decentralized and native enough to be considered a commodity or some kind of cash commodity, Johnny. So obviously Ripple wasn't the initial issuer of XRP, also known as OpenCoin in 2004, but they're the ones who adopted the the protocols and built on top of their network. So they're directly profiting off the, off of the growth of the network. I'm trying to say a lot here, but my, my bigger point is commodity versus security, naturally occurring versus somebody issuing an asset.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, th- I think in, in really it does come down to is someone making a promise to make you money. That's a simpler way to put it, right? If somebody's doing something to, to create an effort to make you money and you're investing in that for that potential future effort to make money or appreciation, then that's a security. But the real thing to listen to there when he talks about it, and and if you break down what he says, he talks about 75% of the market. I forgot what year that was but he only brings up when he mentions the 70% he's only talking about two secure uh, two two cryptos at the time he's talking primarily about bitcoin and ethereum because they had apparently the two largest uh, or or made up 70% of the market cap he only specifically mentions those two and i know people are then taking that and saying hey 70% of the market but there's only two he's talking about uh, so the reality is what would he what was his thoughts on the other 30% that's what i would like to know in here because that would then really tell you where his mind is. But again, as I said earlier in the show, Gary will—you know—Gary will do what Gary's told to do. And I think right now Gary is being told to choke this thing out, and that's
0: what he's doing. And really he quick, says- Johnny, because we only got a minute left. I want to get a rebuttal in. Why do you think he felt it was necessary to say that Ethereum was a commodity? Not only did it have an ICO, it has a foundation behind it, driving applications into the network. Uh, you mean back then? Back then.
1: Oh, because I I think at the time, you know, when you're in a position where you're not in a position of power and you're able to just sit free will, say what you want, that's when you get what people are really thinking. Then when you're in a position of power and you're being told, you know, hey, I want you to do this. Now you're kind of in a now you're kind of in a in a a quagmire here because he, he said one thing and now he has to kind of go against it. But there's stuff out here, you know, so he's in a tough spot right now because he's contradicting himself. But he's going to say, oh, things are different now. And he's looking at it different in that whole nine yards. I mean, when people don't have to be in a position of, you know, assessing everything by the books, like, for example, being the head of the chair and you're just teaching something, you can have a kind of sort of different of opinion. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but you're just not as critical in terms of when you're sitting in a position of power and you now have to be the authority to make the decision. You're going to look at every single fact, every single nook and cranny of maybe a little differently before you, you you say something. So I think that's the difference, Abs. Having to say it versus, you know, having the free will to be able to say what, you know, what it is versus when it's, you know, interpreting a rule.
0: Thank you, Johnny Crypto. And we're gonna close this episode out with the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Jenna, and thank you to Johnny Crypto himself. We got 301 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button on the way out of here. And tomorrow, we're gonna be having Crypto Aerie on the show. So another very exciting guest. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors rise. Get the shit together, baggy. Thank you for joining us. Let's Let's go. go.